Should we get right into it? Mm-hmm. We only we only have an hour. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. One hour before you fly out of here. Mm-hmm. You've been here for five weeks. Yeah. This is the fifth week. Your third, fourth trip, but third long stay trip. Um, why are you sick of coaching? Hey, feel attacked. No, <laughs> I you should. I feel um, curious. It's people. It's just people. I gave up. <laughs> you quit. I quit. Oh my god, I'm a quitter. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, I think we feel the same way about coaching, which is why I'm so interested in this is because you've gotten to the point where you're like, "Man, I really don't want to I'm looking for a way to not do this." Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that you haven't had good experiences, but what threw you over the edge? Um at one point, you think you lose your time. You just keep repeating the same things, the same cues. And it's like no one is listening. And you're like, oh. and it's with years. It's not yeah. just, it's not straight away. It just, it took years. But then I was like, I cannot do it anymore. Because I feel tired just to repeat same things, same things all the time, all the time. And yeah, it just feel like you, you you waste your time. And I think their time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I 100% agree. Yeah, I was coaching and then I, honestly, I quit. And I went into the programming. Yeah. With different kind of clients, but it's different. But I feel like I'm going <laughs> same way. Same things are happening, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It takes time, but I think yeah. it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of. I mean, I, maybe I feel pretty much the same because I, my coaching experiences from like one-on-one people are generally good, yeah. uh, but generally only when the time period is known like there there's a known duration of coaching and and after that it just becomes a friendship or a relationship or a acquaintance or something i think this uh <clears throat> my idea of kind of why uh in the fitness industry is, is like this i've been talking to quite a few people about this because i kind of snapped in it as well with, with like the feeling of like this is pointless hmm. um there's no trajectory for fitness right which is why so many people can make money off of the industry is because you can kind of you can lure people in with what you think they should focus on so some like most coaches and we can get into that term because i had this really good conversation with keegan about this but most people who are quote-unquote coaching are like um hey this is what you should do to get better 
right? That like you should do mobility or no, you should do yoga or no, you should drink uh, dieting tea or CrossFit or whatever, or no, you can't do what you want to do in life because you're not strong enough. Therefore, West side dynamic method or conjugate system or FRC, all of these things just become the branded. They're just a bunch of lures for the most part, right? They're shiny. They appear to be sustenance and they appear to be goals. But none of them in them in their own right is a goal in the fitness industry. They're all just methods where people can exchange an idea of better for your money, which they think is better. And that is the big problem for, for what I see. I see like um, if you're coaching people because <clears throat> because you're, um, your idea is that I need more money. The relationships fall apart fairly easily, and the and the the work isn't very good. That is just my like own take, and that becomes because I think the definition of coach isn't thought about. It's thought about as a positive term, and I don't think about it in that term anymore. Like, what what does coach mean to you? I I was about to say I don't even know what what is coaching. <laughs> well, let's you know, start. It's like it's just. I thought I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to make people better and just help them. And it's like you fail all the time. <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> I'm so dramatic. <laughs> no, no, but I think it's, a, it's 100% true. It's you just, do fail a lot. Yeah, and it's, I don't want to help someone with like a barbell or something. I just want to go deeper on like on how, I don't know, how to help them with life like mm. you know i think it's more that but then you just realize that they don't want that yeah they don't want to go deep as i want to do like i want to do that like i want to change people's life like <laughs> then i don't know and they just want a quick fix and they want yeah like the new program the defensive things i've i've I, I mean, I've talked about this before because I got into the sounds. Really, I got into like hairdressing because I wanted to do art, right? But I stayed in hairdressing because I noticed that I was helping facilitate people's transformations. However, now it seems superficial, right? <laughs> like, but as a female, you'll know this: when you can't change anything else in your life, what do you do? You go to the salon. You yeah. you get your nails done. Nails. You get your hair colored. You get you make you cut your hair off because you want people to notice that you are progressing. But it's yeah. not progress. It's just changing the thing that you can so that you feel like it's progress. So once I noticed that after about I don't know, it took me like seven years to be like, oh, okay. People aren't actually changing, and I want I want a thing that can really change them, which is how physical transformation get. Like, oh, I need to coach somebody into nutrition or exercise or fitness or something like that because, man, that's the foundation for real change. And now it's taken me 15 years to kind of notice that, like, ah, shit, okay, that's not it either. These are, we're all just talking about superficialities. Um, and that, that's where I come like, man, I've always hated getting called a trainer, hmm, right? Yeah. I've never been a trainer. It sounds reducing. It just, I don't know. Yeah. It sounds like you're like a cheerleader and <laughs> uh, I just hate it. So here's, 
I think a trainer as uh, like, okay, I think a trainer, like when I train my dog, I condition behavior, right? So I'm, I'm using repetition and pain or pleasure to get somebody to act the way that I deem important. That's a trainer, right? If you do this many reps, I'll say good job. If you don't go fast enough, I'll go boo or like whatever. That, that's like, I, it's an elephant in peanuts, right? Yeah. You're just training this animal to be your concept of better. Now, coach, everybody's like, oh, no, I'm a coach. And you're like, it's not much different. Mm -hmm. Most coaches are burned out athletes or people who have been where people assume they want to go. Mm -hmm. And here's the funny part. They also want to be where they have been. So they coach other people because it's their attachment to that past. Right. So if you've been a weightlifting coach or if you've been a weightlifting athlete, you then coach people in weightlifting because your desire, your idea of better is also in the past. And that person is hoping that it's in the future. But you both agree that where you're both at is not where you want to be. <laughs> and that is fucking crazy to me. It's the right. idea. <laughs> right. It's interesting. <laughs> what? what? Yeah. And, and, and then oh. in which case you get all of the like clapping and cheering and at uh, like, uh, I don't know, all, all of the behaviors that come with the guy who's wearing, you know, shitty Reebok sweatpants and fucking New Balance shoes who like doesn't like where they're at. Um, their attitude shifts and that that's man, maybe I've become my attitude kind of represents a coach, even though that's not what I've ever been. And this didn't, this didn't, and I should, I'll, I'll have Keegan on here because it didn't dawn on me until I went and visited Keegan and he told me this because it like kind of clicked. I went down, we were going to work out at his new gym and it was, and he's like, oh, but I got a class. And I was like, well, let's just come up with a workout together and we'll like do this thing. So we did this fun workout. And then after he wanted to learn some new stuff that we've been learning. So I just taught his whole class on this new method. Yeah. And after it he like texts me he's like i think i got it he's like uh i've been trying to coach people and you've been trying to teach people yeah and i was like yeah i thought i mean i thought a coach was teaching somebody but it's not a coach is somebody who they're making all the decisions for the person right they're telling them what to do when to do it but yeah. they are not facilitating the why of what they should do, which is why all the people that we quote unquote coach never make it because they're just listening to instructions and repeating your instructions. So the reason why I feel like coaching is dead is because the profession in itself designates kind of the wrong process. And I need to go back to teaching. Like this isn't a gym. This is a school. Mm-hmm. So people come here to learn and then they go practice on their own. And if they do, they will get better. But if I'm responsible for their better and they need to practice in front of me, it will never happen. But also, I think that most of people, they don't want that. They want to follow the plan. They don't want to think. Right. If they want to coach. It's they, like they don't want to learn. So I mean, that's why I'm doing seminars and I'm not teaching any classes now. Mm -hmm. It's just because I like when you run a seminar, people pay. They pay something, so that's very important. Yeah, it's like they 
it's they pay commitment. Yeah, too. it's a commitment. Yeah. They travel to the location, yeah. they paid, and they will listen to you. So you can really teach something because they are here for it. And if you if you coach classes, you don't know what they want. They just want to sweat, or I don't know. They just yeah. want to move and to re read the whiteboard and just do a session. And you cannot teach nothing to them. And I, that's why I think I was like fed up. It, it's the like, for lack of a better description, it's like people's daily masturbatory exercise <laughs> practice, right? Like they need to show up and go because they need to move energy mm. and they don't know how else to do it correctly. So they have somebody who opens the door for them, pretends to teach them, and they pretend to think that they're learning something. But really, uh, what I find, and even in our place, and this is the, the novelty is very important, right? So when I got fed up last week and I flew to California to just to get some. Yeah, you run away from us. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Not from you guys, from the, the concept that was failing in my mind. Mm -hmm. I was running away from the concept because it's not working. I'm looking around. Nobody's paying attention. And I go, yeah. oh, no one cares. Okay, why do I care? Like, well, Mark's, somebody said this to Mark a long time ago when we were in New York. We were at the premiere. It sticks in my mind because we're in New York walking around. I have an ice cream cone. <laughs> and it's like 10 in the morning. Okay. Uh, we're at the premiere <laughs> for Man of Steel. And the reason I have an ice cream cone was walking around with uh, Mark's friend Justin and I saw the big gay ice cream truck. And the big gay ice cream truck was on Food Network. And I'm like, oh my God, they have this thing called the Salty Pimp. I have to try it. And Mark was like, what the fuck? And so I got this ice cream cone and we're walking around and Mark's kind of bitching about some stuff that was happening at the gym and Jim Jones at the time. And Justin turns to him and he goes, why the fuck do you care about people that don't give a fuck? And I was like, oh, oh shit just got real world. I was like an epiphany went off and I, and like this is the thing we have to keep reminding ourselves of. And so the same moment I think happened again for me last week where I go, why aren't people paying attention? Oh, they don't give a shit. Why don't they give a shit? Is it because I don't give a shit? Hmm. And I was like, maybe. So I flew away uh, and I was like, I'm just going to go. Well, I was going to go see Hyalong because fuck yeah. yeah. And I just happened to get tickets to it last minute. So and they're playing the Greek theater. So I was like, oh, this is a perfect excuse. But once I got there, I was going to come back the next day. And I was like, uh, -uh, uh, -uh. I don't want to go home. Like I, I want to like, I want to go do some jujitsu. I want to like spend some time learning uh, in my head. I go, I have time to learn. I'm going to go take that time. So I went down to this gym. Um, it's called Art of Jiu Jitsu. Mm -hmm. It's fairly famous. The Mendez brothers are, you know, ADC the youngest ADCC champions before this last time. They're, they're like insanely decorated Jiu Jitsu guys. And they have an aesthetic in their gym that is unreal. It's all white. Everything's like perfect and pristine. And have, you, you can't wear a colored gi there. You have to wear a white gi. <laughs> they're yeah. like super fucking crazy about it, which I can totally appreciate. Like that's right up my alley. <laughs> Uh, so I went down there and sure enough, I like got to roll and um, the class I took is 6 a.m. And the guy who teaches it is a uh, gold medalist, like Abu Dhabi champion. He, he's like one of the best gi jujitsu guys in the world, Tynan. Um, and that's the only class he teaches. And I was waiting for it. Six in the morning. I don't fucking roll at six in the morning. Are you kidding me? Like I would never do that. But because this guy's teaching it, I will go out of my way to learn something. Yeah. And so stuff starts like catching on in my brain 80 people show up to this class you've never seen anything like it what? nobody talks not a fucking word that right on time this guy shows up all right 
let's learn some stuff. He shows one move three times, gives you a couple minutes to practice it, come back, variations, go back, practice it, come back, any questions? No? Okay, class is over. It's just that. It's over. And then this is where it gets weird. You practice a little bit, and then the next class comes in, and it's the competitive group. And there's like 80 people in that group. And instead of instead of like it just becoming like a gym where everybody's chit-chatting and mm. bullshitting, everybody just goes to the side who's not invited to that class and they watch. Oh. They lit- and it's I'm not joking, it's so fucking weird. Uh, uh Guy Mendez uh coaches it and he's it's his competitor. So he's like paying attention to every last detail, walking around with an iPad, taking notes, filming them, t- giving them little cues while they're warming up and drilling. It's like for real coaching and you're like this is awesome. But then it switches and it goes into the competitive sort of. So after like 30 minutes of just drilling, he lines them up. Everybody circles around the corner and two people go at a time and it's hot lapping. So you get one person rolling with another and then one steps out, one stays, and then the next person comes in. One person stays, steps out. It's like two minute rounds, super fast. But also you could hear a pin drop. (laughs) It's so quiet in there. I'm like, nobody's talking. This is, I filmed it illegally because you're not supposed to film there but i was like i have to like i don't care about what they're doing i care about how absolutely everybody's everybody's attention is captured and that is missing on a daily practice so when i do some like i talked to one of the guys that's there and i was like man that's a crazy class he goes you have no idea there's guys that drive four hours every morning down from pasadena to come to this class and then there's there's a guy who drives from palm springs every day to do this class it's like that's fucking dead and these aren't these aren't like athletes these are people who want to learn from the best in the world hmm. and that's what kind of solidified is like whenever it's a novel experience like a seminar like you're talking hmm. about or a special class you will fucking put on your listening ears and you will shut the fuck up and what i find is that when people come to symposiums and they travel from italy or europe to come be here hmm. their experience is novel so they're paying attention and that's when we have good interactions but when we have the daily person who just happens to be in the neighborhood and they just so happen to learn about this cool gym that has kind of like a weird atmosphere and they come in every day there's no learning that happens because the experience isn't novel they're too comfortable yeah Yeah. that's the problem is like people get too comfortable and maybe i've become too comfortable or maybe you've become too comfortable and that's why the profession seems like it's losing but really you just have to set the environment up to be what what you know works for people like do you still think that people can get better yeah <laughs> it's not convincing <laughs> i okay yeah okay <laughs> i mean uh, my, I, I hope <laughs> please <laughs> I agree. Kind of. I, I have the same attitude. Do you, do you think people can get better? I'd go, I think so. I think a few people can. Yeah. I think very few people are able to, unless they have good teachers. Right? And, le- and, and the only way you'll know, well, the only way they'll get better is if they know they have good teachers and they realize the value of it and they shut the fuck up and listen. And I don't mean do what they say, but do what they're taught. Right, And that is a big difference. Like when I show somebody something, I'm not telling them what to do. I'm, I'm trying to show them how to conceptualize uh, what the movement is or the theory or the thing and then do it on their own. 
And that is different. Because I think, um, how did you learn weightlifting? I took a lot of classes <laughs> everywhere I could. Yeah. Because I suck. <laughs> I was snatching my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I come from. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So I had to work so much and I met so many people, like so many coaches. So I traveled yeah. for that. I couldn't find the answer like right at my door. I needed to see. It's yeah. just, and I met the most incredible coaches, all like Miami and Copenhagen, and Switzerland. I was just, oh, he's here. I'm, I'm flying there. <laughs> go, uh, go, go to like an individual session that really imprinted on you. Like what, like what was it? What was like a profound session? What was that like? Uh, <laughs> if I teach, yeah, or or oh, no, that you learn, that you, yeah. that you go to learn. Um, it's very disciplined thing, like especially weightlifting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I remember that when I met Eric Lokelner, it was like scary. I was so scared of him, so I was listening. Yeah, <laughs> every fucking word. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, it's gonna kill me, ah, you know. And I, I need to respect a lot the people who is talking the person who is talking mm -hmm. and so if i respect him or her same i will listen and pay attention and i don't know i think it's the most important thing the attention uh, the yeah but i only pay attention if i respect the person who is talking so to me so you think respect is the, the, the thing that thing. captures your attention oh yeah yeah. Like what you've done, who are you? And yeah, who are you? Oh, interesting. <laughs> it's so I never listen anyone. Like if I go into a gym I don't know and someone tries to I don't know, give me like cues mm -hmm. or something, like, hey, you should do that, I will be like, Yeah, sure, Thanks. thank you. <laughs> Just get out. Because um, who are you? I I need that. So that's the first thing. And uh, then I would start listening. Like, I listen to you, but I don't listen to many people. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's true. It's just, it's, I don't know. I, I How do you do, like, take a session from, like, Eric, for example. Because yeah. he's um, a polarizing figure, mm -hmm. but also knows what he's talking about. Like, whether you like him or not, you, you can't disagree that, like, yeah. he knows technique. Yeah. Right? And so he has a very specific style in which he teaches weightlifting. How, um, take just the weightlifting as the example, like after he taught that, how many sessions do you think you implemented of his coaching advice? That's very interesting because people think that once they heard it once, they, like they go to that seminar, made that guy just do a one-to-one -one session. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> now you need like, you need six months of empty barbell things yeah and i did every day yes. like i did like millions of repetition with an empty barbell yeah and that's why i'm pissed when someone is like hey can you just give me like look at what i'm doing and give me like <laughs> a tips or like give me one advice uh, my technique sucks yeah i know yeah but i don't even want to talk about it because i would need like 
a lot of sessions and then you will need to do the work and I'm not sure you will do it. That part, the the work that comes, this is, this is kind of the interesting because when I want to learn something, right? Uh, weightlifting is a good example for me. Like whenever I am lifting weights now and I'm not practicing as diligently as I used to, but when I was first learning, every lesson that I had from like people that I respected and I was paying attention to the cues, every single one of those cues would come up for every single session. And it still does to this day, mm -hmm. right? Like stuff uh, Coach B taught me still to this day. Things that he said I should change, uh, like things that he said would be good to change, but I shouldn't. I think about every time I pick up a barbell because it was such a profound thing when he goes, you've become hyper efficient at doing it wrong and it's not worth correcting with mm. what you're doing with weightlifting. And I was like, that was some of the best coaching advice I've ever gotten. He could identify a problem, but he could also identify the use, like the uselessness in fixing that problem. And I was like, man, I still think about it because it instilled this thing. Well, should I fix it? Like, what, you know what I mean? And so those lessons come up. And so therefore, I think a big problem is that people don't actually practice. Yeah. And they, they join a fucking CrossFit group class and they think that like doing, you know, three sets of 10 dislocates and a barbell warm up is going to get them better at barbell work. And you and I would laugh at that. And you're like, how many hours have you sat in that third position snatch yeah like hours and hours and hours yeah awful for years <laughs> for years yeah i know <laughs> right but how else would you ever get to know it yeah and so when people can't do that it's not that the it's not that the it's not that the subject is wrong it's not that you're in the wrong industry it's that we've like I think you're right in, in you've probably subconsciously moved to this. Like you have to get away from the things that frustrate you because they're not inherently good. Mm. Right. When you get to places that where you're like, ah, fuck, I don't want to do this anymore. You're like, wait, what? Like, is it my, it's my interaction with people, not necessarily my interaction with the skill set or the teaching. And so that's why I've been trying to reevaluate my relationship with the skill set and who I teach it to. Right. Um, and this is where I think people get really burned out is because if they're dependent on that for an income, they can't change. Right. They're, they're gripped. They're gripped to this idea. Um, and that is that holds you there and then it frustrates you even further. And so if you if you can change, you should. And that's where I'm at with coaching or with with like, you know, with the coaching business, the side of it where we teach people physical skills or concepts or whatever is to really start discriminating a lot heavier about who it is we share our ideas with because it just because they pay you doesn't mean it's worthwhile mm, right no. Th that that's like that's a hard concept to understand because you would think I think Aaron said this the other day because we had uh, she was talking to somebody uh, about a client here who doesn't really pay attention very like ever. And it's mm. funny because, you know, they're funny, but also it's super frustrating to have them in any kind of group. And somebody was talking to Aaron about it and they're like, well, they should just pr pay for privates. And Aaron was like, I think you should be very clear. You couldn't pay Michael to deal with that. 
And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, you couldn't give him a thousand dollars and make that okay for an hour's time. He would never agree yeah. to that. And that kind of dawned on something that like we don't even need to speak about because it is kind of a truth. Is like there's no amount of money that um, can make dissatisfaction okay, right? With with oh, the, I agree with like, the relationship. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. So how do you, so then the description that you have to go like, is this person worth my time? Right. Are, are they going to be a good student? Because that's really what it is. Right. Uh, it's like whether they, I, whether they do the transformation or what, I don't care like that, that I could care less about. It's just this weird concept that I've been milling over in my head. And I think it's interesting because I watch you and you're like, oh, I don't want to fucking teach a class. And you're like, yeah, I totally get that. That it's like super annoying. And especially, but I think it really has to do with that concept that I, I think if you found people that are worth teaching. But also I know like it's personal, but I know that if I don't want to do something, I become so bad and that's not fair for people, whoever they are. Like that's not fair. When I was coaching CrossFit classes in France, at the end, I didn't want to be in that country anymore. Mm. And I was mad at everyone. <laughs> I was a pain in the ass. And I became the worst coach. And I was like, oh, that's not fair. I, that class was shit. That's my fault. Because I didn't want to be here and I didn't want to teach anything. And I was like, I was so bad. And, and I was like, okay, I think it's time to step out. <laughs> yeah. Just quit. Because it makes me miserable and yeah that's a thing well then <laughs> i just that, don't want to be yeah, well then it's a, a down <laughs> I want to be it's like, a, like a downward spiral right because yeah. if i'm having bad interactions with people it means i have i'm conditioning myself i somebody the client then is training you actually mm. like they're conditioning you to have poor examples you're having these negative experiences which which you are built that you're layering on top of your profession but i don't think that's necessarily it the negative experience isn't because of your profession it's because of the person that you're interacting with and that is the hard thing to delineate especially when you're like trying to build a business or trying to build a thing and that uh, there's kind of the next part that I think is really interesting is how important the environment is. Mm -hmm. um, because man, I, I talked about this a little bit in the space program, but like <laughs> watching somebody quit really fucking makes me want to quit. You're like in a, yeah. in a very real way, <laughs> right? Like imagine just doing a death buy. We talked about this because yeah. we came up with this fucking workout and it had a bunch of death buys in it. You're like, imagine doing a death buy and the person next to you just kind of, you can tell that they called it quits, right? Yeah. The biggest symbol for that is like they finish 10, per, they finish one set 10 seconds before the next minute starts and they decide not to do the next minute. Yeah, That to me is atrocious. Like yeah, that yeah. needs to be cold almost immediately. But in my head, instead of thinking about if I see that happen, instead of thinking about, um, I don't know, okay, how am I going to like pace this? Or like, how many minutes can I last? How much m further can I get into the round before I like fall to pieces? I'm going, why the fuck is this person next to me? We're not the same. We're not doing the same thing no. kind of deal. Yeah. That I think is really important to address. Um, and do you find, because you travel a lot, mm -hmm. do you find that it's really hard to find environments like that? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's why I keep coming here. <laughs> but now I feel like our oh, place is like where that. Where I'm gonna go? Oh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> what are some other places in the world that have these environments? What? What? What are other places? Are there like what other other people, other gyms that I, know this concept? Yeah, I think it it depends of. Too, there is too many gyms, too many shitty coaches, so most of the places are like not good enough. But sometimes you just you meet good people, good coaches, and and you need to travel to find them. It's you can find them. There is a few. There's a few. <laughs> there is a few. Yeah. It's like nice to find few places like that when you travel. You're like, oh, here it's nice. Yeah, that's cool. But it depends of the person who owns the place. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, I think there is too many <sighs> low quality spaces. <laughs> I mean, it's I, yeah, 100%. <laughs> but I also see why, right? Like, mm. I understand, like, the average gym business, and if it's not a big box gym business, it's probably like a box. Mm. You know, it's like uh, somewhere between 150 and 300 clients tops yeah 300 for the ones that are like really running optimally um for business transactions but they're usually on the lower end for personal interactions mm -hmm. 150 on the personal interactions but they're usually struggling to make enough money to stay open so they have usually it's a, it's a weird thing but they usually have a turnover of coaches because the owners have to run them there's like this it's it's a disease of the industry where you where you can kind of see you can push it one way or the other right and when you get to the people that are really like bringing in a good income they have completely lost touch with what their business is actually supposed to do right yeah. they've become complacent because their clients are complacent and the ones that are struggling uh, to stay afloat it's because they're they can't figure out a way to bridge the gap between their I their ideals or their integrity of what uh, their business should do and making enough money to keep that open. That's that's kind of the trap. And maybe there's some sweet spot in between there, right? Where, you know, the amount of interactions you have with people. Mm. To put it in perspective, um, we have 30 people that come here total. Mm -hmm. 30. Yeah. That's it, right? <laughs> And, and sometimes it's only 20 yeah. when people go out of town and stuff shifts or we start removing people systematically. <laughs> that means, and we're already running into that quality problem. Mm -hmm. That's how difficult this scenario is. And not that I think we, I honestly, I don't think there's necessarily a fix for it. My fix is to shut it down. <laughs> and so I want to quit. Yeah. Like I want to stop doing what we're doing unless we can think of another way to kind of strategize how this process works so people a respect what we do practice on their own and apply the lessons so that they can actually develop themselves i don't know another way to kind of guarantee that so we're kind of stuck with just like oh well shut it down because we don't need to do it yeah <laughs> is that where, that's where you're at i know yeah <laughs> what the fuck oh, what i'm gonna do <laughs> i think people change like i changed we change and and the vision change and you keep going going and then you get stuck mm. because people around they they did not change and you don't want the same thing now it's just 
weird. Well, if if you don't, I I think if people don't realize uh, what stagnation looks like, it's a lot like that crabs in the. Are you familiar with the crabs in the bucket mm-hmm. kind of deal? It is that that like that's why it's important. Um, we change often, right? I change my ideas. I change mm-hmm. um, things that I'm working on. I try to develop new skills. Like I think. Yeah. From what I can tell, we're always like developing something. And you, I see the same because you're picking up new skills. You're, you know, you picked up a camera not too long ago and then took off with that. And then you started shooting fit and then you started video and then you started doing a bunch of other things. You're always trying to like develop yourself, which is common here. That may like, I look at that and you go, yeah, that's normal. Like just keep learning shit. And it should be normal. I shouldn't be like, wow, Elodie's a freak. I don't know how she does it. I should go, cool. (laughs) Like what else can I learn? Yeah. You picked up guitar, you picked up music, you I then knew. got into shooting music, and you shoot music awesome, like live performances. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. Just let's do this. We do that. Just play music, <laughs> shoot shows, I, shut it down. We're <laughs> shutting the whole thing down. Shut everything down. I, oh yeah, quit. God. Yeah. But, but Because it's fun. It is fun, but I, I think... I think it all can be fun if it's yeah. done correctly. God damn it. I, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm hoping because the yeah. idea is that not that I not that I learned how to correct a fitness industry problem, but I learned to correct a learner teacher problem mm-hmm. or, or like a relationship exchange problem. That's what I think I'm trying to solve is like, how do you solve poor interactions between human beings that's the bigger problem hey that's that's a big project (laughs) yeah you think but then because this is the problem like i i said people change industries thinking that um thinking that their experiences will change but the fundamental root problem is there right and i think that's what i'm trying to solve even if we let's say we both just become you know, groupies and start shooting bands or yeah. whatever, which sounds fun. Let's like go I'm, on tour. Yeah, that's I'm super into that because we just listen to music all day. I think the same problem would exist. I know, and that's that's why I don't want to do it. That's why I want to figure out, and then we can go do it. Because once you figure out how to fix that problem, then I think you alleviate it. Here's here's where I'm at. I think Mark quit because of this same thing. Come on, Mark. <laughs> I know, but he doesn't have a fix for it either. Like when I was telling him what was going on, he's like, yep, totally normal. And I was like, fuck, man. Like, come on. Like, this is a problem that I think we could fix if we learn how to. Well, and that's my my, my idea for fixing it is actually to become a school and not a gym. Mm-hmm. Like you come here to learn. Be very Be very upfront about what the exchange of the relationship is. And that way, you'll ha- you won't be frustrated uh, with the outcome, and people will know what to expect when they come here. Yeah, that's the thing. You need to be clear about it. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> to explain. Yeah. To explain how you see things, it's just sometimes it's tough. I mean, people already have a problem with our style of stuff, right? They like they're like, "Is it a gym?" And I'm like, "No." You know, like, well, you have exercise equipment. And I'm like, yeah. Like, so do people at their house. It doesn't mean their house is a gym. Right? Like, 
And like, well, what do you guys do? And you're like, it depends on who it is. I'm like, well, that doesn't help. And you're like, I'm not here to help you because you're not a client of mine. Oh my God. But that that's, and then you whittle it down. Yeah. Yeah. You get to it. You get down to the ground of it. And you're like, oh, you want to come here? You come here to learn. Mm -hmm. And also it costs this much. Yeah. And that cost is in the relationship too. Because if you don't do it right, we will end this thing. I don't know. That's my idea. That's, that's good. I feel your frustration. Let's, you know what? Build your school. I'm going with Mark shooting music. Yeah. <laughs> and then we will come back when you find the solution. It's the, it's the uh, nonprofit school for kids who want to learn good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I don't know. That's all I know how to do yeah. is, is work on these dumb problems. Good luck. <laughs> I do feel like I'm on my own. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I wanna, okay, you got five minutes. Oh, that's nice. Should we do like a rapid fire question round? Yes, okay. rapid fire. Meow. <sighs> Favorite band right now? Rammstein. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Okay. That's cool. Um, I mean, that was amazing. Is that who you? So, the follow-up question: If you could go and shoot one band, yeah, them. Really? <laughs> yeah, like, my God, they play with fire. <laughs> there is massive elevator and fires, and it is crazy. Oh, fuck. Okay. It blew my mind. Yeah, that's fucking cool. Fair enough. Okay. Um, I say, uh, I'll call this the third question. Okay. But I don't know if it. it fairly is a third question um what is your favorite place to visit what country oh hey it depends honestly what's the for what it's for yeah okay yeah follow follow up uh -huh. a b and c kind of <laughs> part of this uh b uh if it's for work uh, switzerland switzerland yeah okay if it's for play for what play for fun spain spain yes yeah, yeah i agree there <laughs> let's, let's go, go to spain, spain. <laughs> <laughs> we for sure want to go to spain oh, yeah uh who is your favorite athlete that you've ever worked with huh. um it's guillaume mm. um yeah it was great i cried when we stopped uh, working together because i'm emotional after all <laughs> damn it uh, <laughs> no he, like I have I'm lucky because mm -hmm. I'm complaining all the time I know and most of the time I hate people but I mean that's true <laughs> you know <laughs> but I have good people around to work with and um, like with amazing work ethic and um, like I don't know he never complained about anything. Even when I was wrong, he was doing it. Like one day I forgot to deload. <laughs> I forgot to deload. And I think he did 16 weeks of strength. I know, made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking did it. <laughs> you just didn't say anything. No. She's like, oh, this is hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. Pussy. Yeah, I know, right? No, it was. And yeah, I love working with people like that. They, they not complaining for stupid things they just do the work and uh and it's great and i need more people like that you know like, 
There's not that many of those people around. No, but they want to work hard. They quit. <laughs> we come back to the quitting I know. stuff. That's the, why it's such a problem. You know, I've got a wait, not a waited list, but yeah, a waiting list. Because I say no to remote coaching. Mm-hmm. I say no, no, don't have spots. No, because I, I don't want to take everyone on board because I always regret it. Mm-hmm. Because they just stop after like two or three months and I... I'm like, oh, shit, I have to do that again. Yeah. Um, so I said no, and and that girl, she <laughs> I said no for two years. Oh. And she worked so much, and then one day she came back like, hey, you said I was, I was shit at that, and I work so much, I can do them now. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> then Then I said, okay, just join the team. It's a selection process. But that's nice. And then I'm sure that she wants to be there and she wants to work and, and we can do great thing together. That's that's why I said no, <laughs> fully booked. <laughs> the team is full, just go away. It's not true, I just don't want you. <laughs> Fair enough. What, uh, what physical goals are you working on for yourself now? Physical, I don't want to be in pain um that's yeah. it just i'm i'm okay ish but you know i've got like that bad knee broken and um i just need to pay attention now to do what i like mm-hmm. just and uh, be healthy just yeah but do things yeah. No, just I want to do things i don't want to be like to die if we go on a hike yeah <laughs> So. Well, you've got to come back for the space race. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Last question. When are you coming back? <laughs> for New Year? Okay. <laughs> I mean, we might burn the building down, but let's have okay. it Okay, let's see where we go. All right. Maybe I will join you to Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> Wherever we're going. Aw, <laughs> thanks year. for coming out. Yeah. I'm going to fly back home. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Thanks, Elodie. Bye. Oh, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs>